This podcast is for your entertainment only and is not the place to find professional medical advice. Hey guys, Jamie here. I'm here with Steph DePardo, who's a Spoonie writer who recently released a book called Just Breathe to talk about her experience living with chronic illness. We're, today we're going to talk about writing and freelancing with a chronic illness. So I'm super excited. Hi, Steph. How are you? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing so well. Thanks so much for joining me today. So excited to hear sort of what your experience is with writing and freelancing as someone with a chronic illness. And also just to hear a little bit about you. And let's get started. How has your week been? It's been uh, really good, actually. Yeah. What have you gotten up to this week? I had my 16th Humera shot this week. And um, other than that, I've just kind of been hanging out and spending a lot of time taking care of myself. That's good. And what's your number one self-care activity? Baths. I call myself oh, like really? the bath queen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you do like a bubble bath or like Epsom salts or like what? I like to change it up. <laughs> I love do that. a little bit of everything. I haven't lived in a place with a bath for like six months or something like my new place oh, and that's my one regret yeah with my current place I love it but we don't have a bath which is sad but yeah oh I love them <laughs> I love that and and so what would you say is your number one pet peeve um a big pet peeve of mine is when people tell me like when I tell them about my illness and they just tell me to do yoga. Um, Is that really? I know. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> do they say, here's my question, because this actually has gone around the chronic illness community, right? There's like, the, it's like a mm-hmm. meme. Yeah, There's yeah, so yeah. many. And one, um, do people actually say that? Like literally like you should do yoga and it will cure your chronic illness. Yeah, I've um, oh my gosh. I've been on like dating apps on and off for years, and I've gotten that a couple times of people being like, "Oh, well, you know, just do yoga." I'm like, I mean, yoga can like, help. Ignorance. But it, it will never. <laughs> yeah. It will ignorance. Never cure it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it helps for me mm-hmm. at least. Yeah, but that's for sure. Thing. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm already getting annoyed with you saying <laughs> that people say that. To you. Oh yeah. I definitely got that. And I definitely did yoga when I was, had chronic fatigue syndrome. I did it every day because it was like, I needed, that was the one thing I could do that was um, not as physically challenging to not too physically mm-hmm. challenging, but it definitely didn't cure. Yeah. Like it, it's not going to make it go away. <laughs> so what do you say to them? Um, I just try to like educate them instead of getting mad over it. Um, yeah. And then depending on how they react to that, um, if they get like really defensive, then I'll kind of like get defensive back. But no, I just try to educate and be like, well, actually that does help, but there's no cure for AS or, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And it's actually insensitive for you to say that sort of thing. Yeah. But that's, that's the whole thing. And I've actually, speaking of like educating people, I've actually learned, I've been learning recently about letting people know your needs as Mm -hmm. someone living with a chronic condition or a mental health condition, et cetera, et cetera. Because I think 
and I don't think this is wrong to have that desire or assumption that people should know because I think mm-hmm. that as we build more awareness, people will start to understand that with Spoonies and in the chronic illness community, you do need to be sensitive and you can't say things like that. But unfortunately, we're kind of in this phase where we need to educate people about how to actually talk to someone like, um, yeah. for example, with me, like have dealt with some mental health challenges and telling people, people, you know, one thing that people do with me is, oh, I'm going to give you space and not talk to you, reach out if you need anything, mm-hmm. except what I actually need is for them to reach out to me frequently to check in. And by yeah. frequently, I mean like check in every couple of weeks, message me, say, hey, how are you doing? Because what that tells me is you have capacity for me to to hear me say if I'm not okay. Whereas yeah. otherwise oh, yeah. we feel the guilt of reaching out to people. Or like, yeah, do they have like capacity? Do they have time? Or, yeah. yeah. So I love that. And I went on a little bit of a tangent there. So sorry, but it's <laughs> actually okay. something I've been thinking about because what I've learned in conversations with people is even just like, um, dealing with some, I'm going through therapy at the moment, like mm-hmm. a whole, like dealing with some stuff and mm-hmm. certain subjects trigger me. And rather than just getting angry, I say, look, I actually can't talk about that subject right now. Yeah. And let's maybe talk about it another time or change the subject. Cause it's like, I actually just can't, I'm crying. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad you're educating people. That's really good. Yeah, I find it so important. And do you do that as well with your writing? Like, is that part of kind of what's what's encapsulated in your writing and what the work you do as a writer? Yeah, yeah. I just, I write about like how AS affects me in different ways of my life. And um, I remember I wrote an article on like five things, five like daily activities that are heavily affected by AS. And it was like, you know, getting out of bed, um, taking a shower, like things like that, that, you know, people that don't have a chronic illness would consider like easy and like they don't even think about doing that are made more difficult with a chronic illness. Um, So yeah, I definitely do try to raise awareness and educate in my writing. Yeah, that's really good. And just really quickly, for those of you that don't know what AS is, it's called ankylosing spondylitis. It's a chronic illness where basically the spine starts to fuse together. You can correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong. Um, yep. It causes like chronic pain in the body. And it can be quite debilitating from mm-hmm. what I understand. I have a, had a yeah. few people come on the podcast that do have it. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's just challenging to live with that. And it, I think it's back to the whole yoga thing. It's mm-hmm. like, as well with that is sometimes, I mean, I can imagine with your condition, there's some days where yoga is actually not a good thing to do. Yeah. So probably like if, s- yeah. If you're in too much pain, like there's no way I'm going to get up and, you know, roll my mat out and do yoga. Like I'm just, yeah, cause it'd make it, it worse. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, there's an added layer of, yeah, it's helpful sometimes. In, mm-hmm. on certain days but yeah, yeah so it's kind of like you never know what day it's gonna exactly I mean helpful. even for me yeah. I this week I ended up 
um, hurting my hamstring because I ended up doing an exercise on a particular Mm -hmm. day that normally it'd be fine, but I was tired that day and I shouldn't have done it. And then I injured my hamstring or I think I had a flare up of a previous injury and I've been out of commission for the last three days in like it hurts to walk. Um, so anyway, back like pet peeves aside, I would love to hear more about your book called just breathe. Where can we find it? Um, how did that happen? What's, what's in the book? I would just want to hear everything about it. Yeah, sure. Um, so it's on Amazon right now. I self-published it with Amazon. And when I first started writing, like I started my website and my like main goal, I was like, okay, one day I'm going to write a book, you know, I'm going to like, that's like a, a future goal, but I didn't, you know, see it happening anytime soon. Yeah. And then um, I'm in an AS support group and there's um, a girl that I go out with with afterwards and we uh, get coffee or dessert or whatever and she was telling me that one of her friends self-published with Amazon and she was like you know like you could totally do it it's it's a possibility and I was like I didn't even like know that was a thing like whoa so I started thinking about it I think this was back in January and then I just started working on it like I went really hard on working in it or working on it sorry and yeah I was done it in about two months oh wow yeah and so what what was that process like then self-publishing it was actually really easy um yeah I would just like write my chapters on um, google docs and then um they would give you like a template doc document and uh, I just would fill it in and it was actually pretty easy and then it's also like completely free with Amazon, which was really nice. Did you have an editor as well? Or did you just kind of go freestyle? Um, I had my best friend offer to edit for me and go through it. And then I just did some edits too. Okay, cool. So it was, it was pretty straightforward then. Yeah, yeah, it was really um, easy. I love that. And that's something that I was excited to get you on to the podcast to share about that because writing a book is not every spinny can do it, but it's fairly like, it's not, it can be exhausting. I just mean, it's, it's something that's probably more possible for a spoonie than maybe other sort of things. So yeah, the, the idea behind this podcast is actually just kind of talk about a little bit about that process. Like for those listening, it's actually not that hard to write a book and we need more spoonie voices out there to share yeah. what it's like, stories, insights, et cetera, et cetera. Um, have you been able to get some good traction on the book? Yeah, I've sold, I want to say, 83 copies now, which is amazing. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. Um, and I've, um, I've gotten, like, people sending me selfies from, like, all over the world with it, which is super cool. Wow. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's super exciting and just, like, really surreal because I, I just, I still, it's hard to believe I wrote a book and, like, I see my name on it and I'm like, whoa, it's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I love that. And so what is the book about? So it's contains, like, short essays about how AS affects my life. And so, like, I start off with my three-year journey at the point I wrote it. It was three years that I had it and kind of like what it was like to get diagnosed and then 
my treatments like I did infusions um and then I like dove into more of the symptoms I deal with like the fatigue and um dating with uh chronic illness um yeah yeah grieving who you used to be before you got sick yeah yeah wow so there's a lot of those a lot of things even in that we that we could unpack um but I want to hear about dating with a chronic illness can we talk about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is a oh my gosh it's like a wild ride um (laughs) it's yeah I can imagine um yeah I've had some not so great experiences where people either like right off the bat just write me off as like I remember I didn't answer a message somebody like someone said hi and I didn't answer it and like a day later they were like oh whatever you have health issues bye and I was like oh okay like so did you put that on your profile then that you had no I, I didn't put it in my profile but I would like if I had started a conversation with someone I think they had seen it probably through my Instagram Oh, because it's connected yeah. to your Instagram. Yeah, but I, I do make sure that I, I tell people like pretty early on just, you know, to see if there's an issue. There shouldn't be, but to see if this person has an issue with that. Yeah. Um, Going back to the pet peeves, I once got told to eat celery to cure my arthritis, <laughs> which I was like, I'm sorry, what? And they were what? like, yeah, Um, they were talking about like, people did it in like ancient times and everybody knows that so obviously you should be eating celery and I was like you need to like stop talking to me (laughs) you need to get out from under your rock (laughs) yeah I was just like this is probably the strangest thing I've heard um have you gotten the people trying to sell you stuff um not through dating apps no yeah just on Instagram yes (laughs) And then I did um, uh, meet up with someone and I went on a few dates with them. And at first they were, you know, totally fine with me being sick. And then we, we had like a good time. And then randomly, like, I forget how far into it, maybe two or three weeks, they, um, they would start messaging me and calling me lazy if I was like in bed all day. And I was like, I'm not lazy. You know, I, this is or I I think I was like starting a new med at the time. So I was telling them like, this is a side effect of this medication. Like I can't help that I'm really like overtired. And they would just like, you know, be really insensitive to what I was going through. And, you know, the the classic, like if you're depressed, just think the opposite. They would tell me and I'm just like, no, not how it works. And the the final thing that I was just like, okay, you know what? Like I'm done with this was... um, he was telling me like, oh, you know what? I just can't understand um, mental health issues because I've just always been really mentally strong. So I can't relate to that. And I was like, what does that even mean? Yeah, that's, wow. So I was just like, yeah, no, <laughs> I don't know how this has happened, but yeah, it's a, it's a struggle, but then, like, you know, there are, yeah, honestly, <laughs> just like, this is crazy. Um, but then, you know, the majority of people are, you know, it doesn't really phase them, which yeah. is nice. Well, and honestly, just from hearing you talk, you, you've got to be fairly, and in, in my opinion, mentally strong <laughs> to be able to be dating with a chronic illness. Because I, you yeah. know, when I had chronic fatigue syndrome, I didn't really date. 
And then when I was coming out of it, I dated someone and that was super challenging. And I didn't know how to communicate. And I didn't have that, even just that personal strength to say, look, uh, you're not responding in the right way. And this is what I need, you know, like, cause I, I don't know. I just think I admire that cause it takes strength. It even takes strength to write a book about it. It takes strength to, it sounds like you've been very um, intentional and very calculated about how you've approached your condition. Yeah, I've definitely learned along the way. Um, different, you know, things like mention it sooner um, into the conversation. And um, yeah, that's something I also learned in therapy was to to talk to people and, you know, they're not always going to know what's going through your head or like what pain you're going through. So explain it to them the best you can and ask for what you need. Um, that's something I did learn from therapy. Yeah, that's really good. And, and so all of this is kind of in your book as well, right? Yeah, yeah, I do talk about um, therapy and mental health as well. That's good. And so when you got diagnosed with AS, um, with the onset of the symptoms, was that quite quick as well? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I literally woke up one day and just my hip was in like, an intense amount of pain and it, it mm. came out of nowhere and uh it just never went away wow mm-hmm. that's hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was like what is happening <laughs> but yeah yeah um so piggybacking off of the book you also do freelance writing yes how did you get into freelance writing um so when I started my website uh, about two years ago now, it was because I would, so before I was diagnosed and seeing doctors all the time and everything, I would post like on Facebook just for family and friends to tell them kind of what was going on in my life. And I was getting like really positive feedback about my writing. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll like document this on a website instead of on Facebook. Yeah. And then, so I started doing that. And then I was like, oh, I'll just start, you know, like writing article or like blog posts, I guess, on different topics of what I go through, like fatigue or dating and et cetera. And then from there, I got some like writing opportunities and some jobs out of that. Okay, that's really interesting. So is that, um, if you, someone were to come up to you and say, hey, I'm looking to get into freelance work, I, um, especially even as a Spoonie, like, mm-hmm. what would you how, where would you tell them to start? Hmm, I definitely like, there's a lot of opportunities on Instagram for sure with the community. Um, and just, you know, I've been featured on like quite a few Instagram pages to like get my name out there and get my, um, my story out there. So like, that's definitely a place to go. There's a huge community there. Um, so you reckon, building sort of an Instagram presence in the community yeah yeah for yeah. sure because that, that's what feel- I find like it's it's really popular and especially amongst like younger people yeah um, and then you know brands are all over Instagram nowadays so they can find you how do you feel about on that note though like someone that wants to I guess work with the Spoonie community who's not a Spoonie themselves. Mm-hmm. How do you think, this is a sort of random question, but like what, 
how do you think they should approach that <laughs> or if they should um it's definitely like don't shy away from it because all we want really is more awareness for our conditions yeah and just like give us a voice and like a, a place to be our true selves about our symptoms yeah. and um just yeah to be like open and honest that's always what I try to be and so like give us that platform for sure yeah totally I think this is it's so interesting to me because I'm I have chronic hope and then I have my own personal Instagram and I do completely different things on either of them I don't really post much on my personal one but to come from the Spoonie community where like everyone is, I mean, the majority of people are so positive, encouraging, Mm -hmm. um, always posting the super encouraging, empowering quotes, yeah, telling you to like just this amazing community where you feel just valued and appreciated. And then coming into like the normal Instagram where it's like, how do I, I, I almost feel more genuine on my chronic hope as opposed to my other one um that balance between like people most people don't actually know about this community that's so vibrant and beautiful and yeah I'm so thankful for it but it's not like a normal I don't know it's not a mainstream thing Mm -hmm. yeah I, I I think just trying to like widen that and make it more mainstream and because yeah you can you can post about like you're having a crappy day you're you're not feeling well and people will like pick you up and tell you like you know it's okay take a few days off like take whatever you need it's not you know it's not a weakness like it's a strength to show what you need and what you're going through and yeah I uh I would say like I see that on Twitter because I don't really tweet a lot about my illness so Mm. seeing that like it's just totally different as like from the the community on Instagram that I'm a part of it's just like I don't know it's just such a positive thing and it's it's really good for your mental health as well I find yeah exactly and um it's kind of one of those things where like it's just such this beautiful community that I just really want to see grow even more. And we've seen it grow during COVID. There's just yeah. this, um, it's just interesting how it's evolved. And I do have talked about this with a few other people. And so, yeah, I definitely think from what you're saying and also my experience with even just starting to build a platform is yeah, starting getting on Instagram, starting to share mm-hmm. your story, starting to put get the get the word out there and um sounds like you also started a blog yeah and that's kind of what led did you start your blog before you started your Instagram yeah yeah I started uh I started my blog in November of 2018 and I I was maybe posting here and there um but I wasn't like super active on Instagram with my chronic illness and then I'd say like somewhere in 2019 is when I started to like document my um like struggles on there okay and um did people just approach you like by email and say hey like we love what you're writing can you write for this and then kind of pay you is that how it came about yeah yeah through email and um I have gotten a few opportunities through Instagram as well but that was like more when it took off um but yeah initially it was through my website and then through my email I would get 
some writing opportunities. And do you just write about AS or do you write about chronic illness in general? Um, I write mostly about AS. Uh, more in my book, I'd say I write about chronic illness. Um, and then I write more about mental illness on my website. Um, but I, I don't, I'm not as active on there anymore as I used to be. Okay. And so what, um, what, what has that looked like, I guess, building your freelance work? Do you also reach out then to other, to companies and, and apply for different jobs or have, has it mostly been them coming to you? For the most part, it's been them coming to me. Um, just because I just feel like very overwhelmed a lot of the time with just my, my fatigue, um, that like, I don't actively search, um, things out, but then I have, um, been reaching out to a local, like, um, not charity, but like volunteer run organization, um, for like support groups and stuff. So I have been doing that, but yeah, it's, it's not exactly paid, so it's not super freelance, but I have been, um, doing that lately. Okay. And so what's, do you have kind of a plan on, do you want to write another book? Do you want to continue to build that? Or is it more like still kind of seeing what you can manage with your health and freelancing? Um, I would love to write another book. Um, See, the one I wrote is about like 84 pages. Um, So I'd love to write like a full length book with a publisher someday. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, also just kind of seeing like what I can like juggle with my health issues, um, going on. Yeah. And so also kind of another random question, would you see yourself as someone that's ambitious? Um, yeah, I, I would say now I am, I feel like I never used to be, but yeah, for sure. Now I am. Yeah. So this is another, this is, the reason why I'm asking is I, I posted something on Instagram about this actually uh, a couple weeks ago. And I, so first of all, the word ambition for women in particular is, is almost like a dirty word, like women can't be ambitious. So that's one mm-hmm. thing. Second thing is, can Spoonies be ambitious? Because, and, and I think the answer is yes, keen to hear your thoughts, but what is it and what does it look like to be an ambitious spoonie because i mean especially american culture i don't know how it is in canada where where you are um it's the hustle it's all about the hustle it's about um working 24 7 to get ahead personally i don't think that's healthy for a normal person but it's also Mm -hmm. not like as a spoonie it's not sustainable yeah not at all so um and something I've also kind of learned in just building Chronic Hope and that platform is, you know, I've been invited, I get invited to all these events and like, they should, they're like, you should do this accelerator and you should do this pitch night. And I'm like, I actually, I don't have time and that's okay. And so I say no. Mm-hmm. And that means that Chronic Hope isn't, doesn't get as big as quickly. And it, Right. But I'm not here for that. I'm here for the journey. I'm here to build community. I'm here to get to know people and for it to be what it needs to be when it is, when it is yeah. at whatever time point in time it is. And mm-hmm. if it's meant to be this massive thing, it will be. But um, so 
that's I guess all lead up to this question because I believe I'm ambitious but it looks differently than your average person it even looks differently than other spoonies because I because of my own condition my own needs etc what does it look like for you to be ambitious as a spoonie that is just such an interesting topic I've never even thought of that um but yeah, like it's definitely like the same kind of culture here in Canada where it's just like go, go, go all the time. Like if you're not busy, you're not productive. And I just totally don't agree with that at all. Yeah. And yeah, like for me, I, I totally ag- agree with what you're saying where like if it's meant to be like something big, it'll it'll still be something big if I'm not, you know, working until I'm like exhausted every day on it. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's more like working on things when I can and focusing on my both physical and mental health first and like focusing on taking care of myself and then I'll, um, you know, work on what I need to work on. Yeah, exactly. And so what, what would you say in terms of your ambition, like, is your, what do you want, like in five years, 10 years? And I know this is like a touchy topic because I, I personally believe that you're not defined by what you achieve. So don't Mm -hmm. take this the wrong way when I ask this question, because like whatever happened, like your health is the most important. My health is the most important. And if I'm not achieving all of this stuff, it doesn't make me any less valuable, but it is still okay to have ambition as a spoonie. And I think that that can be beautiful. So and and when I say it's still okay, I think it's still okay. <laughs> Other people may have different opinions, but yeah. so in five, ten years, what do you, what do you, where do you want to be as a writer, as a freelancer, as a as a person? Yeah, I'm hoping um, just to have spread more awareness and yeah, like written a full length book. And kind of like what I just want to work on for the future is just, you know, getting AS and other chronic illnesses like out there in the mainstream and like seeing seeing it more in media and yeah. just having it more like normalized. Like it's not, it doesn't have to be hidden like it kind of is now. And obviously the community is working on getting it out there. But yeah, I just want to like work harder on making that achievable I love that and it's so important what you're saying I don't know if you um follow um chronic illness influencer called um I think it's Mr. Kalidus Crohn's no he but he has a stoma and he raises awareness through his Instagram and he has like hundreds of thousands of TikTok followers and does these videos answers questions and it's like and then he gets people that are um, commenting and saying, like, I can't believe you're doing this. That's gross. Like, because mm. it's essentially part of your intestine is protruding out of out of your body. Yeah. And then you kind of you put a bag on top of it. And that's how um, that's how your feces can leave the body. Anyway, he actually shows the stoma and it's beautiful because there's so many people living with with a stoma and they have a stoma bag, et cetera, et cetera. And, but then you get, he gets so much hate from people like, why are you showing that? Why are you doing that? And it's like, but then he has like 
I think it was like 25 million views on one of his videos of him wow. showing how he changes the bag. And I'm saying all of this because it's also, I think, takes a level of vulnerability for um, us Spoonies to grow the community because I'm not necessarily doing this just to build engagement. But what I realized with building Chronic Hope is that the best thing for the community was I needed to share more about my story, be more vulnerable about what I'm going through. I'm a private person. So me doing that is actually not easy, but I do it because I, I just, because I need, because me sharing my story, me being authentic and vulnerable is actually what makes people understand what it's like living with a So that was a little bit of a tangent, but I love what you're saying because I think that's what we all want is have that awareness, feel seen, Mm -hmm. feel like when we tell someone we have a condition, they are educated enough to more, the majority of time, know what to say and know how to handle it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I think you writing a book and you continuing to build your Instagram and writing and freelancing, like that's what we need. We need that. And whatever it is and within the limitations of your own condition, which is totally fine to have those limitations. It's almost, I think sometimes when you do put stuff out, it's more powerful because it comes from a place of like having blood, sweat, and tears, Yeah, you know? So I just love what you're doing. Thank you for Thank you. putting out a book. Thank you for coming on the podcast and yeah, of course. Just sharing. And I, I firmly believe, I'm, I'm really believing for in five, 10 years time that it will be start to become more mainstream. And we're, cause there's so many of us doing something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a we, huge community. Yeah. And actually we, you and I both participated in a past the spoon challenge on Instagram where um, we threw the spoon at each other from like, you know, it, it was a real, you guys can go and look at, look for it on our, inst- both of our Instagrams. Mm-hmm. And yeah, was um, yeah, but it's just raising that awareness and also connecting with people from all around the world, because that's the other blessing from this community is had we not met on Instagram, I would never have met you. Most yeah, likely. exactly. Yeah. And getting to know people from all over the world who you immediately connect with because it's like we have that shared experience of like I can tell you I have one spoon today and you're going to know exactly what that means <laughs> yeah exactly so. and yeah and like just being able to be like vulnerable with someone and them knowing how to respond um because yeah they've been through something either exactly the same or something similar it's it's really nice like I have friends from all over yeah. That's awesome. I love that. And so on that note, for people that are either new to the community or have been in the community for a while, what do you have any recommendations for them in terms of like books? What so what's your what are you listening to at the moment? What are you reading? What are you what shows, podcasts, all that sort of thing? So at the moment, um, I'm actually reading it's this book. Um it's called vagina problems um, because <laughs> this girl has like endometriosis and other oh, nice. um, illnesses. And so it's, um, it's by Lara Parker and she just writes about like 
you know, she, I forget how many years it took for her to like get a diagnosis. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen like a whole lot of books um, put out by people with chronic illnesses. Yeah. Um, so it's like really, even though I, you know, don't really relate to anything she has, it's like we kind of have similar experiences with like yeah. not being diagnosed and not being believed by doctors and yeah, just raising awareness on that. So yeah, that's yeah. what I'm reading at the moment. Okay. Awesome. And then what are your top three Instagram accounts that you like to follow? Um, definitely House of Spoons, which you know her. Oh, I love her yeah. so much. Yes. Um, yeah, she's amazing. She came on the podcast like two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's awesome. And then I follow um, Grace is very unwell. She actually just had kidney stone surgery today. And so wow. she was kind of documenting that. And oh my gosh, there are so many. Um, I'm trying to think just off the top of my head. I'm like, uh, I'm kind of blinking. That's okay. Two is already a lot. Yeah. That's really good. And what's I mean, your I favorite? I so many, but. Yeah, I mean, same. I could list like 10 of my favorites. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what is your favorite t- are you watching tv at the moment netflix yeah tv yeah so what what's your number one show um lately i have just been watching actually the bachelorette um and I it's just that. a very uh very good distraction for um from the world at the moment is this the american one or do yeah. you guys have one okay do you have yeah, a canadian one i feel like we used to but it didn't last long i think actually the canadians come to america now that i think about it yeah yeah there's like or, always one or two Canadians. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much again for coming on the podcast, sharing your journey, your story, like what it's like for you freelancing, ambition, dating, like we talked about so many things. Yeah, um, this is awesome. Time has flown by. And again, thanks for your time. Love chatting with you. We will put all of your book information and those accounts you mentioned, books you mentioned in the show notes for our listeners. So those of you listening, you can go to our show notes and check out her book and have a great rest of your day and week. Yeah, thank you. You too. This is awesome. Thanks for listening to the Sign of Hope podcast. If you want access to show notes, go to chronichope.org where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. And make sure to follow us on our Instagram, at chronic underscore hope. See you next week. Oh,